welcome to the Grow My Salon Business podcast, where we focus on the business side of hairdressing. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and I'll be talking to thought leaders in the hairdressing industry, discussing insightful, provocative, and inspiring ideas that matter. So get ready to learn, get ready to be challenged, get ready to be inspired, and most importantly, get ready to grow your salon business. Hey everybody and welcome to the show today and thank you for joining us on today's podcast. We got a lot of feedback from last week's podcast where I interviewed two young hairdressers about the needs, expectations, motivations and ambitions of young hairdressers today. I did this because I often have salon owners expressing to me their opinions about this generation of employees, their work ethic or loyalty or level of commitment, etc. And, you know, as an industry that is very much youth focused as far as our employees goes, it's essential that us as salon owners who are typically going to be older, understand the needs and motivations of young millennials and Gen Z employees today. So in today's podcast, I'm interviewing another two young hairdressers, Deanna Garrett and Jamie Hayes. And we talk about what is it that makes them tick? What are the most important things that they look for in a career? what makes them leave a job, how they use social media, and where they see the future, and lots more. Now, I recommend that you stick around until the end as I want to wrap up with some of my own thoughts about fulfilling the needs and expectations of our young workforce. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. So, welcome to my guest today, Deanna Garrett from the Barry Stevens Salon in the city of Leicester in England. So, welcome to the show, Deanna. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. I'm really excited about having this opportunity of talking to you. So um, let's just start where I do start with everybody, which is I like to get my guests to introduce themselves and to give uh, a little bit of their backstory. So, you know, who is uh, Deanna Garrett? Give us your two-minute backstory. So I'm Deanna. Um, as you know, I'm 27 years old. Um, I live in Leicester. I work in Leicester. I've been hairdressing for eight years now um and i specialize in color yeah okay fantastic is this a, the only job you've had in the salon industry i started hairdressing when i was 19 so i was a little bit later to start and find my passion yeah. um so i left school and i went straight into a job working um full-time in a cafe when i was 17 years old um, and then I found hairdressing and started my career when I was 19 years old. Okay, good. So how many, how many salons have you worked in today? You might have already said that, but I think I missed it. Just okay. two salons, yeah. All right. So I so, trained, so- I trained and uh, worked in a salon for seven years. And then I've been with my new salon for just over a year now. Right. Okay. So that, that um, leads to an obvious question. What makes you leave a salon. So, so why do young people today, um, as a generalization, okay, I'm not expecting you to speak for every, you know, millennial on the planet, but as a, as a, mm-hmm. as a, as a, a generalization, it's often said to me that people today aren't as loyal, that they're more transient, that they move around easier. Yeah. Um, so, so what makes you change jobs? Why do you think young people change jobs? So for me, um, the reason I left my first salon is I felt that there was no no room to progress. Okay. So I was sort of hovering 
um, there wasn't necessarily an incentive. I didn't feel like I had the support that I needed to move forward in my career. And I just wanted more. So for me, that was the reason why I left my first salon um, and moved forward to the next. Right. So it's really about looking for opportunity. Yeah. 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 It's about looking, um, for looking for more, looking for more progression, looking for growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. If I, if I was to say to you, what are the three or four most important things that your generation look for when choosing a job or where to work, what, what sort of things would you say would be in those top three? Opportunity to move forward and grow, yeah. like we just said. Being appreciated. Yeah. Um, and being, you know, put up there when you do something good and not necessarily when you when something goes wrong in that day. Just being part of a unit, you know, a, a sense of belonging to a team. Um, and that always helps with staying somewhere, I think. Yeah. So I'm I'm sitting here looking at you and I'm listening to what you're saying. And you've given four reasons. Opportunity, being part of a team, appreciation, uh, being acknowledged. Where does money yeah. come into it? Because it's interesting. Money, money helps. <laughs> of course money helps, but it's like, it helps. so money's not your number one motivator. And you think that that would be a fair t- thing to say about your generation in general, that the reason that they're more likely to want to work somewhere or not work somewhere or what they're looking for in a job is opportunity for growth, education, being part of a team, appreciation, and being acknowledged. It's not yeah, rocket definitely. science, is it? It's, no. it's interesting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, happiness Happiness is priceless, really. You know, yeah. you, when you're doing a job that you enjoy, nothing can pay for that. You know, when you, when you go to work and you do something you enjoy, it's not a job, it's a lifestyle. And if you're doing that with people that you enjoy being around, it, it really helps. Yeah, of course it does. How, how important is it for you? Um, to be working in a salon that offers opportunities in other areas of hairdressing. So in other words, not just being behind the chair doing clients, other other areas that there might be, I don't know, education, training other people, travel, doing fashion shows, doing photography. You know, that's what I sort of generally mean by other areas. Is that important to you? Definitely, definitely. I mean, when when it's amazing working behind the chair, you know, seeing your regular clients, but having that other opportunity to further yourself and go into education or, or photo shoots or fashion or anything like that, um, it is really important. And I think it just progresses you as a person. It progresses your personality. It, it just, it's really good to have those options in place as well. Okay. What What are your ambitions? Where What other areas of the industry would you like to work in? Um, I love the education side. With my previous salon, I did teach um, and educate the younger uh, future professionals. And I love that. Um, I love sort of watching them grow and seeing their personalities change over a period of time. Um, I, I really, really enjoy that aspect as well as working with my clients and I aspire to be really busy and you know promote my column and just be the best person that I can be yeah okay I I often have older salon owners say to me that 
young hairdressers today are really good at color and they're really good at dressing hair, but that they can't cut hair. And I think that that's, they're often people that are sort of older who have been through a generation where there was a lot more short hair around in the 80s, mm-hmm. 90s, whatever. And the hairdressers that are your age group now have come into the industry in a time where color has been, you know, really dominant and long hair has been yeah. really dominant. And there's been a lot more work on sort of finishing hair and dressing hair. Uh, talk to me about that. You know, how important is the cutting side of things. Do you think that that, that that statement as a generalization is is fair? I mean, I have salon owners who say to me, I've got staff members who just say they can't cut anything that's above the shoulders, you know, that they're mm-hmm. just terrified of doing short hair. What, what, what are your thoughts about that? Well, fashion changes and hairdressers constantly changing every single day you know, year of something different. Like you say, years ago it was perms and shorter haircuts and, and now it's all about colour, it's about lightning, it's about um the finish, the picture for Instagram, it's it's all about that. Um so for younger stylists, you know, you're more confident at what you're doing every day than things that you don't necessarily do as much. So I think to say that, you know, people can't cut and people can't colour, you know, they just need that encouragement, that need that little bit of extra training. Um, if you've sort of passed your initial two years, you can cut hair, you can colour hair, you can dress hair. But you're more confident with the things that you do more and more each day than than the ones that, that you don't. So in, in what I would say is just giving more encouragement, a little bit of extra training. Um, you know, and and just help that individual get to where they need to be. If you were a salon owner, okay, if you owned your own salon, and maybe one day you will, what what two or three things would you do to motivate your team and to keep them engaged? Team building sessions. I'd probably do team building sessions to bring the team closer. Um, I like the whole aspect of being a family, a family unit. Um, what else would I do? An incentive, rewarding, um, rewarding stylists for the good things that they've done. And if, if something goes wrong, then just encouraging and doing something to work on things that they need to work on. That's a good list. Okay. So let me ask you about how you learn best. So, you know, uh, I've been hairdressing for, you know, since 1978. Um, And, you know, in 1978, you learned by going to trade shows and you learned through magazines primarily um, and Mm -hmm. all going to school. Whereas today, people have a lot of amazing technology. So obviously they have social media, you know, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, et cetera. You also have online courses, you have trade shows like Salon International, et cetera. How do you like to learn best? I feel inspired when I do go to classes and courses and sessions with amazing hairdressers. Um, That does really inspire me. I also like to follow hairdressers on Instagram on social media um, learning from what they're posting and then putting that into practice at Salon so I'm very hands-on with my learning I love watching listening and doing that's that's how I like to learn 
Okay. Oh, well, I'll come back to that because I do want to talk more about social media later on. Um, with uh, an- another thing that I think is changing with this generation is um, competitions and awards and getting work published. How important is that to you? I mean, do competitions still motivate you? Do do awards motivate you? You know, um, do do reading magazines motivate you, or are they just something that you don't do? It's just something I don't do. Um, I love to watch them and things online, but it's just something that's never really appealed to me. I've sort of really enjoyed the education side of hairdressing, teaching, and just being a part of a fabulous team and being a part of the family and looking after my, my clients. And that's that's what means the most to me. Yeah. Okay. So, so getting back to the social media thing, um, how much time would you spend on that? every day i do have my own social media platform for my own work um and i am starting to build things to i enjoy the fact that hairdressers now are sharing what they're doing rather than being quite secretive this is this is the way i do things we're sharing with each other what we do giving each other tips and tips and tricks to you know be the best that we can be um so i've got my own platform at the moment so i do spend a couple of hours a day maybe depending on how busy my working day is you know we're super busy at the moment um but I have tried to sort of focus on that a little bit more to get myself out there to bring new clients in old clients you know um I think it's really important nowadays to sort of put yourself out there in a world of everything at the moment you know put yourself out there show people what you can do um and i just think it's a fabulous thing that we can do that now okay so what do you use what's your you know uh, favorite platform to be on so i started with instagram um and then i'm now sort of on facebook as well because i realize that instagram is maybe for the younger sort of people and then facebook is is for everybody you know younger people older people um so i I like to use both okay tiktok do you use that at all no i can't i can't get my head around it i i I look at it but i I can't i can't figure out how to do a video on tiktok it's so difficult okay so (laughs) instagram is is where most of your time goes to on social yeah what what what, yeah. what uh what percentage of your clients that you get are you getting via social media quite a few i think since sort of lockdown i've had quite a few new clients booking um seeing what i've been doing on social media even regular clients that come to the salon have, have now chose to come to me because they've seen the things that I've been doing on social media and I've been helping my clients during that difficult time when I'm not around, I want them to still know that I'm still here. And if you have any problems, then you're always free to message me. Um, and I, yeah. Okay. Uh, what, what's the biggest tip that you'd give to people? So, you know, if I, if I was a, a salon owner that wasn't using social media or wasn't effective with it, weren't generating, weren't generating new clients from it. And you would have said to me, listen, this is what you need to do. This is the number one thing. What would you say that it was? Just to promote your team, show the amazing hair that you can create. It, it builds a platform, like you say, for new clients. It's just, I think in the age that we're living in now, it's so important to have that 
platform to advertise what you can do. You know, it's it's really, really important to do that. Right. So consistency and being on it. Yeah. Yes, okay. definitely. Um, okay. Like one post a day, stories. Yeah. So w- what do you do? More attention to stories these days? Um, I do a little bit of both. So I get a lot of reviews as well from my clients that post on their Instagram, which I can then re put on my story. Um, and I post, I try to post one picture or video a day yeah. um, just to keep the audience engaged um, and just to keep yourself out there. Yeah. Okay. And do you ask clients to put reviews up or do they just do it ind- independently? Most of them do it independently. You know, I, I, I think it's a good thing to talk about reviews um, and sort of rebooking your clients in just to keep them motivated, give them a journey. Um, I think it's really good to speak to your clients about all those things. Um, so sometimes, yeah, I do, I do ask, you know, oh, could, you know, if you really enjoyed your time with me today, maybe put a nice review online, um, recommend me to one of your friends, you know, just all those factors just to keep your clients engaged. Um, and again, create that family unit. So my client would recommend me to her best friend, her best friend's mom, her auntie, and it, it's all to do with that family unit. Right. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're very expressive. I know the audience can only hear you. They, they can't see you. I'm watching you bouncing around there. Like, <laughs> okay. I'm very um, handsy. Yeah, you, you are. Yeah, you're very uh, descriptive with your hands, which is fine. Uh, where, where, do you, where do you see yourself in future? Like, you know, say five years' time. I know you said your mum was a hairdresser and your sister was a hairdresser. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, what sort of, you know, future? do you imagine for yourself and hairdressing, say in five years' time, where do you think you'll be? I know I've been speaking a lot about family, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've just bought my own house. Um, I've got the man of my dreams, so I'm, I'm, I do want to create my own family unit. And I'm really happy where I am with, with the salon that I'm at now. Yeah. And they're really supportive. Um. And I, I just see myself with my loyal, lovely clients every day, you know, with my family team um, and just going to work, enjoying it and and being the best version of myself. Okay. So you just said something then and glossed over it. You said, I've just bought my own house. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you're 27. That's fantastic. You know, Thank like, you. I mean, how many young 27-year-olds have gone out and bought their own house? And, I mean, I think often mm-hmm. – uh, do you mean you bought that with a partner or you bought that by yourself? With a partner, yeah. With a partner. Well, that's still fantastic. That's an, mm-hmm. amazing, you know, because so many times, you. you know, people look at this industry as um, – you know, not being financially rewarding and the fact that you're 27 and through hairdressing with your partner have bought your own house is, is um, absolutely brilliant. It's not something you should, you know, gloss over. I'm sure a lot of your friends in different career paths are, are envious of the fact that you've been able to do that. So, Deanna, the last thing I want to ask you about is different working models. Um, there's definitely a movement towards young people uh, wanting more independence, maybe more freedom um, and working the hours, et cetera, that suit them. Is that something that you think that your generation are moving more and more towards? Possibly, yeah. 
I think with obviously everything with COVID, you, you've got that freedom. There's not that um, lots of people in a salon, that environment. People are wanting something personal. Um, I think... I think it'll be both as it is today. I think some of the younger generation may want that independence, but I think it, it can be a very lonely way of working. You know, you, you and your client are quite one-to-one, um, but working in the salon, you get that environment, you get that buzz, you get that feeling and passion, and you're watching other people do different things and you're, you're constantly learning new things. And I think if you are independent, um, freelance, etc., you, you sort of, you don't get that passion. And it, I find it can be maybe a little bit more lonely in that aspect. Right. So I'm, I'm yeah. not too sure really. So, so teamwork, and I know you've mentioned it several times, yeah. teamwork and family is really important to you. Yeah. And, and you think that there's plenty of yeah. people in your generation that that is the motivator, not necessarily freedom, independence. Yeah? Cool. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, Deanna, we need to begin wrapping up now, but I know that a lot of people are going to want to check you out on Instagram or other social media channels. So uh, what's your Instagram handle? So, yeah, check me out on Instagram. It's hairby underscore Deanna. Um, and on Facebook as well as Deanna Hair, um, and I'll I'll try my best to post as much as I possibly can. Um, yeah, look forward to seeing you. Great. Okay. Well, I'll put those links on our website at growmysalonbusiness.com and in the, the show notes okay. for today's uh, podcast. To wrap up, Deanna Garrett, thank you very much for being on the Grow My Salon Business podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely. So my second guest today is a barber, Jamie Hayes from London. So welcome to the show, Jamie. Thank you, Anthony. It's good to um, finally have the pleasure to speak to you. I think we last saw each other a couple of years ago. So who is Jamie Hayes? What's your uh, backstory? What do you do in the industry? How long have you been in the industry? Um, the, the floor's yours. Um, five years cutting hair, um, 26 years in the hairdressing world. My parents are both hairdressers. You know them just as well as I do. I've known Anthony all my life, more or less. Um, so, yeah, I've been cutting hair for five years. I was in Melbourne last year cutting hair. Prior to that, I was in London, working out of uh, Murdoch London, Shoreditch, a really good little barbershop collective. So why barbering? Good question. I mean, the thing is about hairdressing, it's nothing to do with the male or female client. I just felt like men's hair was is taking off so quickly and so rapidly i mean everyone's bringing out new looks you know you went from people wanting to look like the peaky blinders two years ago now it's all very much about the longer length next year or a couple of years after i think it will get even longer because we we were so unfortunate to not see barbers and hairdressers generally speaking this year because of the virus yeah exactly so um you know, I know you just mentioned that your mum and dad are both hairdressers and you, you dropped in the word Sassoon there. I'll just clarify that for our listeners that your your, your mum and dad both hairdressers that I worked with for a long time. And and your dad is Mark Hayes, an international creative director at Sassoon. So I yeah. suppose a lot of people 
would assume that you'd be working at Sassoon, but you're not. You're working in, nope. we're working in, in a small barbershop um, uh, collective or group, whatever you would term them as, Murdoch in London. And I know you'd said you'd been um, out in Australia working in barbershops there. C- can I ask you, what do you look for when you're looking for a job somewhere? What, what, what are the important things that you look for in a, in, a, in a barbershop to be, wow, that's the sort of place I'd want to work? Always, and I always put this first as a team, nine times out of 10, it all comes down to what your collective is, who you're going to be with five, six days a week. You know, we were working in Melbourne was probably the best team I've worked with. They, pound for pound, each of individual had something incredibly unique about them. Some yeah. of them were from hairdressing backgrounds. And like you do find that a lot in our world in barbering that there's a lot of really talented barbers, but they started their career in hairdressing. Yeah. And sort of followed that rhythm of, men's hair looks like the future of hair or it could be the power front for a while but no the team always okay so so if, you, if you're making a list of these are the things that people and you're i'm getting you to speak obviously you can only speak for yourself but i'm also getting you your insight into what are the top three things that your generation would look for when they're looking for a new job and i suppose not just in barbering but like what so the first thing Gen- like list, generally speaking yeah, generally speaking, the first thing you've said on your list is is teamwork. Definitely, yeah, definitely the team. Um, okay. If you haven't so, got a so good team, the... how are you meant to like progress? Yeah. That's my thing. So, what's your second and third thing on that list? Second thing, good location. I'd say. I think I like. I think my next, my first thing would be who they are. My second thing would be the first thing who they are. Second thing where they are. Vegas can't be choosers, but I really fought for that place in Shoreditch when I first started. I just, I love the East End in London. You know, yeah. You've got Shoreditch and a real buzz and raw energy about that area in London. They tried to get me in Soho, but I was like, nope, I want to see what and feel what the East End is like mm. to work in. Because once you get part of a little community in the area, you can really build new friends in and around the industry. If it's not okay. a barbering group of people down the road, it can be a nice little coffee shop or a little restaurant that you, or a, you know, a bar or a pub that you, so you walk in and become like a vague regular in a sense. Okay. Um, yeah. And then the third top three, who they are, where they are. Um, I think you'll find that certain barbershops have a specific look. Like, for example, the barbershop I worked in in Melbourne called Area Studio. They were super, they were really modern. Their haircuts were very forward thinking. Their fades were like incredible. Again, some of the longer layered haircuts were really like well constructed. Um, there's a very modern, sleek, kind of minimalistic kind of vibe. When you look at Murdoch, not that they're not amazing, they've got some great talent in that shop, but they're very much more a traditional, old school, bespoke barbering kind of feel. Okay. Um, it's something that I wanted to walk away from and be one of the leading barbers in the modern world yeah. of barbering. So that was kind of. Okay. The thing I'm intrigued with, the thing I'm intrigued with is that I've asked you that question. I've asked three other people that question. And no matter how long I wait for them to say money, no one says money. Like, what do you look for when you're looking for a new job? No one has said money. No one has said I need to be paid well. No one has said I need this percentage or whatever. And I think that's really interesting of your generation that money is not the single biggest motivator. It's, it's the creativity, it's opportunity, depending on who you talk to, it's recognition, it's flexibility, it's training, it's all sorts of things. But no one has actually so said money, which, which I find intriguing. 
So, so where does money come it's in? It's also very interesting, but also not surprising. You alluded to the fact that at the moment you're doing some filming during lockdown, you're editing some videos, et cetera. Um, yep. And obviously you're very competent in that digital world, which a lot of your generation are. How important is that to you to have opportunities that sort of come out of barbering that have got nothing to do with barbering, but they sort of help expand your you know, your skill set that you can offer the world. I don't know if I'm making sense, but does that, you know, no, is that important yeah. to you? Those opportunities, Huge. those training and, you know, barbering is not just barbering, standing behind a chair doing 20 clients a day. There's lots of other angles you can go into, isn't there? Whether it's education or, you know, producing content or whatever. Yeah, massive. I mean, I used to be a photographer to an extent. I didn't do it as a professional career. It was more... I love being able to be behind the camera, you know, take some great photos. I studied it in college and then I ended up working at a studio for about a year. Uh, I know you don't have um, your own salon. I don't know if you, or barbershop, mm -hmm. I don't know if you, if you consider that in the future, maybe you would, but I'm sort of trying to find out what motivates you, what motivates young people today. So if you're listening to this, whether you're, an owner of a barbershop or whether you're the owner of a salon, what, what, what are the top two or three things that you would say to that salon owner or barbershop owner that they should be doing to motivate their team, to keep their, to keep their team engaged and, and, uh, and loyalty, to keep their team there? What are the things that they should be offering? Good question. It's quite hard, but I will find the answer. I mean, I think it's good to always have something to aspire to be like, like not like you have to be similar to them, but you look mm. at some of the big figures in our industry and what they're doing, try and use that as a basis to learn off them and also create something that you could also be like. Keeping the team motivated is, it can be challenging, especially during this time it is going to be very difficult. But I think bringing new and fresh ideas to the, the actual team itself, we try to do that. Most, you know, specifically speaking at Murdoch when I was there, we used to kind of bring targets that we'd have to meet or, you know, bringing out like little days out with the team, even if it's just to go to like the park and sit in the sun, little teeny little things like that can bring a team closer. Because in our industry, we're, we're with our staff members for 10, 11 hours of the day. And yeah. in small shops, you're back to back within about foot's radius. Yeah. So, but when you look at your day, you've barely spoken to them sometimes. So in an industry where you feel like it's so connected, sometimes you actually aren't. So I think being connected is big. Doing, I think also a big thing I found I really enjoyed was doing photos and videos of staff members. Okay. So motivating them by taking pictures of them to grow their confidence in looking good while they're cutting hair or getting a really nice professional camera for the shop. Obviously, this is all if you can afford it or not. Yeah. But I always found that, you know, as opposed to an iPhone, iPhones and you know, Android phones have got great cameras nowadays, but there's nothing can be like a you know beautiful Canon or a Nikon camera for the shot. Yeah. That's all we had. Okay. Um, you, you, you just mentioned something which surprised me. So I want to go back to it um, because I, I said, how would you motivate your team? And in amongst your, you know, things that you just said, you said targets. Mm -hmm. so, so that surprised me that you said that. So t tell me what you mean by that, because obviously we're talking about productivity targets, like the amount of money you generate, the amount of yes. you know, rebookings you do, the amount of clients that you do. T talk to me about that as to how that motivates you and how you feel about that. 
Well, I think it's good because sometimes, you know, it's be- the one thing I found about hairdressing, the hardest thing was selling products. Because if someone doesn't wear a beard, yeah, how can you sell them like beard moisturizer or beard oil? You know, but if they have a really like really nice long sort of luscious hair, you can yeah. easily sell them a beautiful pair of shampoo and conditioner. Yeah, you know, so you have that aspect to it. But I think back to it, making targets are good because at the end of a month, if you've got a staff member that's met their target or gone above it, they'll feel dead good about themselves. You know. And then obviously you can bring like target reward based systems, like, you know, like a, like a five pound star, five pound, five dollar Starbucks card to go and grab a coffee on sure. the company or little teeny little things like that. And then if you do a, a shop target and you will meet it, then you can do like a staff dinner or like, you know, a staff day out going you know, bowling, something, you know. Talk, talk to me about Instagram. How important is Instagram for you as a barber in terms of building up? your client base when you move to a new shop is is that an important you know tool for you in terms of generating business yeah huge i like using it for the creative purposes i like posting all my haircuts as much as i can do um i feel like represent what i can do in barbering so i post those then also it becomes like you just mentioned there like your clients or even barbers you know it becomes like a little contact book you know, if you build up enough people that you've met along the way in your career, or, you yeah. know, what's your Instagram handle? Like we can, you know, link up soon and we'll do like a cool little shoot or we'll meet up and just grab a coffee and talk about the future like we're doing this afternoon here. So I think Instagram is massive. I've met so many people through it just from, like I got both jobs through Instagram to be okay, so perfectly you- honest. Okay, so you got your yeah. job through Instagram, and I yeah. know that you're moving again shortly. So you'll arrive am, in, a new yes. si- in a new city, you'll have no clients. Um, no when eventually you get a job in a barber shop, you will rely on Instagram to start building up a following. Yeah, it's so easy yeah. because so yeah. many people are active on it. Most barber yeah. shops have an Instagram account with a good following that are on at a premium rate standard. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just been e- it's just easy. You know, you, it, it takes away the let's say the formality of, you know, yes, people do, yes, still email CVs and like a cover letter and stuff. But in our world, it's a very sort of relaxed industry. I I don't like taking our industry too seriously because that, this is obviously talking within reason, but it becomes very personal. It's a personal industry. You know, you're with someone face-to-face, you're in their bubble when you're doing their haircut. When yeah. you're in the shop, it's very much a relaxed state of mind. So, so how much time would you spend on Instagram a day? Too much, to be honest. You do, you do a lot of what they, what I read it somewhere recently. From a, from a work perspective it? though, like from work, a work perspective, like you're in there and, and you're trying to build up business. How much time would you anticipate that you'd be actually on the ground? I'd break it down to about half an hour to about 45 minutes. And that's oh, being okay. perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, well, this is only recently. Excessive. Yeah. No, not excessive, but it can be. They call it doom scrolling, yeah. <laughs> is what I read recently, which is okay. horrifying, least scary right. as a term. All right. Well, listen, Jamie, it's been really interesting talking to you. Uh, you've certainly added something to the mix there. Um, where can people connect with you on Instagram? What's your Instagram handle? My Instagram handle is James Oliver Hayes, all one word. Um, James Oliver Hayes. Okay. James Oliver well, Hayes. I- That's where I'm most active in terms of my barbering. Right. Okay. Yes. Well, I'll I'll also put that on our 
website in the show notes on growmysalonbusiness.com. Um, if you're listening to this podcast with uh, Jamie Hayes or James Hayes and have enjoyed it, then do me a favor, take a screenshot on your phone and share it to your Instagram stories. We'd really appreciate that. So to wrap up this podcast, uh, James, Jamie, thank you very much <laughs> for being our guest on today's Amazing. Grow My Salon Business pleasure. podcast. It's been really good. Thank you very much. Cool. It's been great. Thank you. And good luck with your future travels. Thank you very much. So I hope that you've enjoyed listening to my young hairdressers from the UK today and from the US and Australia over these last two podcasts. Sure, I might have had to edit some bits here and there, but what I saw were young, passionate, committed, vibrant, excited people that are the future of our industry. And I know that they're not all like that, but hey, it's like that in every industry. But the thing that stands out to me is that although they might have technology available to them in the form of the internet and social media, et cetera, that maybe generations before didn't have, and obviously that impacts on their marketing of themselves and how they learn, but none of them used money as the reason why they left a job or what they even looked for in a job. Rather, they all spoke about the importance of being part of a family and being part of something bigger than themselves. They spoke about wanting to belong to a community, not just in the local sense, but also in the professional sense. They spoke about wanting to grow as professionals and wanting career opportunities. And you could just tell that they all loved, and I mean loved, doing hair. So if we want to keep people like this in our industry and in your salon, what are the opportunities that you're creating for them? What are the things that you do to make your team feel recognized and acknowledged? What are the things that you could do to make them feel part of a bigger community and to give them a greater sense of purpose and meaning? Sure, they might be a few years younger than you and I, but are their needs and expectations really all that different? These people are the future of our industry. And as salon owners, and I know most of the people listening to this podcast are salon owners, when you open a salon, you take on a lot of responsibilities. And one of those responsibilities is nurturing and building and developing the next generation. And I've enjoyed talking with them. I've enjoyed hearing what their frustrations are, what their desires are, what they love about this industry, maybe what they don't love about it. But they are our future. And for me, I think that the future of this industry is in good hands. I think there's some vibrant, passionate, caring people out there that absolutely love what we're all about. And sure, this industry is going to evolve. It's not going to be the same in five years' time that it is today. And in 10 or 20 years' time, perhaps I'll be doing a podcast and interviewing some other people, and the industry would have evolved and moved on again. But for my money, I think the industry is in good hands. So until next week, be safe, enjoy your career, and enjoy the team that you've got working for you. And look at ways that you can bring them on and develop them to be the people that you need so that you increase their loyalty, their passion, and their commitment to you and your business. In the meantime, be safe. 
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us at growmysalonbusiness.com or on Facebook and Instagram at growmysalonbusiness. And if you enjoyed tuning into our podcast, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, this is Anthony Whitaker wishing you continued success.